because we don't have no fun, we're definitely going to play with each other. So <laughs> we was like, what are the odds you going to go jump in the snow? I lost the bet, so I had to jump in like a pile of snow. And while I was trying to get out, you just hear like an ogre or something like in the background <laughs> loud. I'm like, oh my God, we're about to die. <laughs> but not an ogre? Nah. Just Mario? Just Mario. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Hello. And welcome to You Matter Here, our Minnesota Transitions Charter School podcast, where we elevate the voices of our people, dig deeper into our big ideas, and explore how we show up for ourselves and each other in order to make magic happen. I am your host, Wendy Lorenz Walraven, the Director of Equity and Diversity here at MTCS. My hope is that as we spend time together, we will have an opportunity to explore three key questions. Who am I? Who are we? And who are we to each other? As it is the intersection of these questions that informs the assumptions we make, drives our behavior, and impacts our relationships with ourselves and with others. Hello, and welcome to You Matter Here, our Minnesota Transitions Charter School podcast. I'm excited to introduce our guest today and to learn about the unique gifts that our staff bring to our community in addition to hearing from young people about their own experiences here. In the studio today, we have Brett Alban, incredible art teacher at MTS Secondary, who joined our community in 2018. Brett is a profound gift to our community and provides students with opportunities to explore their own identities, discover forms of expression that align with who they are, and extend these experiences outside of the school day. Today's focus is on the epic camping adventure that Brett recently facilitated for our students. I'm also grateful to be joined in the studio by students who went on this trip so that we can hear straight from them about the impact. So thank you all for being here. I really appreciate your time and your willingness to share about your experiences with us today. So thank you for having us. Absolutely. So let's get curious. We'll start. Brett, do you mind sharing a little bit about sort of who you are and how you joined our community here at MTCS? Yeah, sure. I started working for MTCS five years ago, so this is my fifth year teaching here. And uh, during that time, we've been in the old building, the new building, the mall, online. Um, So I just, I feel like I've been at MTS for a few different lifetimes. Um, And a big part of that for me has, has been these adventures, which adds even more places to that list. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would love for our students in the studio to introduce themselves. If you don't mind just sharing your name and kind of how you came to MTS Secondary. Um, My name is Tasia and I got here because my brother used to go here a long time ago and then I was like, well, it's a small school. I might as well go too. Thank you, Tasia, for being here. Appreciate it. I'm Maya and I found out about the school through my cousin because he used to go here. My name is Aline, and I came to MTS because a family came here before, so I came here too. I love that you are all here because someone in your family was here before you. That's pretty That's pretty great. Um, so, again, I'd, I'd love to just sort of start with just getting a picture of, like, what did you do? Where did you go? How long did you go for? And um, what were students signing up for? <laughs> Yeah, so um, during summers in college, I used to work at YMCA Camp Minogen, which is on the east side of the Boundary Waters, north of Grand Marais. 
And um, so because I've had a connection with them throughout the years, we've been able to start having different adventures, some summer adventures. This year we went for the first time in September, so we did a fall Boundary Waters camping overnight that involved canoeing. Uh, but this was our third time taking students up to winter camp in February, and it is the biggest group we've ever taken. Um, how many did we have? 21? Five. 25. Five. Yeah, wow. we had a, a big group, and um, and the activities that we do up there in the winter, because it's a little bit too cold to sleep in a tent, or we, we stay in cabins with bunk beds, and we do winter outdoor activities. So cross-country skiing, snowshoeing, sledding, dog sledding. Um, and just like playing outside in the snow um, in a really beautiful place. Yeah, that sounds uh, really incredible. Um, for for all of you, I, I would love to know, how did the experience that you had up north sort of match with what you thought it might be before you went? Had any of you gone on any trips before? Yeah. yeah. All of you. Okay. With Brett? No. No. Okay. Just a different trip. Awesome. So, um, yeah, we could just kind of go to each one of you and talk a little bit about, did it sort of match what you were thinking? Was it really, what was really different? What were your first thoughts when you got up there? Um, I've been to the Boundary Waters for like long periods of time before I even got here. So it was kind of like, I already knew how it was up there. It's just kind of hard to like keep going from Wi-Fi to no Wi-Fi. So it's mm. like, <laughs> kind of got a force to do some stuff outside. Had you been there in the winter before? No, it was only in the summer. Cool. So that was a new experience to be able to be up there in the winter. I've never been up there, period. So <laughs> um, it, it sounds really beautiful. Um, this is for kind of any of you. Is there anything that sort of surprised you? Um, certainly, Brett, as taking 25 kids, that that's, uh, you know, the, the largest group that you had so far. Was there anything I mean, it's probably lots of unexpected things when you have 25 young people. But yeah, I mean, I think the biggest difference with having a, a larger group is that I felt like I was counting all the time, just making sure <laughs> um, we knew where everybody was. But uh, a lot of times we were in smaller groups because they would have different activities. Um, for example, the first full day that we had up there, students could choose if they wanted to do a long hike to um, the border of Canada or if they oh. wanted to do like a short snowshoe um, adventure. And then since we had different uh, time slots to dog sled, there would be different activities worked in around that. So we were um, in different groups at different times. Um, but I think a thing that surprised me pleasantly was that we had so many students who were really ambitious and wanted to take on the hardest challenges um, and things like that. We had um, about two-thirds of the students elected to do the Canada hike, which was a pack lunch and go all day um, and see a frozen waterfall. And um, I don't know, I was just really impressed by how much people were interested in challenging themselves and maybe achieving more than they thought they could or even knew was an option. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder, do you, when you're up there, do you have Wi-Fi at all? Or phone access? No. There's camp Wi-Fi like that okay, they use camp. to play music, but other than that, no, there's no service. Yeah, what they'll use that for like business and things like that. Yeah. Do you think not having access to your phone helps you take bigger risks and yeah. to try some things? Yeah. Huh. Uh, what is something that do you have any stories? Um, that of things that surprised you or something that you really stood out to you as being really meaningful? 
Go for it, Tasia. Um, we were walking. Well, I've seen a lot of shooting stars in the Boundary Waters, and we were walking to, like, the main place that we eat. And we looked up, and there was, like, a big shooting star. Like, it looked like an asteroid, kind of. And mm-hmm. I was like, I've never seen nothing like that. And I've always wanted to see, like, something, a big shooting star before. So that was, like. That's incredible. I was happy. Yeah. Not a lot. But that particular one, that was you, me, and Mario, I think. Yeah. And it was very <sighs> special. It was, like, slow and big and slow moving. I, I've seen hundreds of shooting stars, and I had shivers. It was unbelievable. That's incredible. And something you'll for sure remember forever. Definitely. Yeah. I love that. Something like I remember is like how well like people came together because we were like talking for a while, like before we even like go to sleep and people just like wanted to come together, talk about things and how things are going and come like have a great time together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you build different kinds of relationships up there than you maybe would have with people? just that you're, you know, in school with every day? I say yes, because I've really never really talked to these people in school, mm-hmm. and I had time to talk about uh, with them at winter camp and make, make new uh, friendships and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes we move really fast throughout our world and our, our day-to-day. It's nice to be able to slow down and connect with people in a different way, right? I like the, the views mm-hmm. from where we were hiking. And also that we had more like team building and teamwork activities. Yeah. Did you experience anything that was particularly challenging when you were there, either sort of personally or a collectively challenging? Um, see, I'm used to being on my phone. So <laughs> <laughs> what? my challenge was, well, one of my achievements was not being on my phone the whole time. So. Yeah. I like how you put that as an achievement, because I think it is. I think so, too. I think, well, a memory I have of Maya is um, the day that we were hanging out on the lake. First, she tried snowshoeing, and then she tried cross-country skiing, and then um, and then you just spent hours flying the kite. And I had been trying to get the kite up, and I would run for a couple yards, and then it would fall down. I'd run and fall down. And then immediately she just had it like way above the trees and it just stayed up there for hours. And it was just really a blue sky and the, the, the kite. It was just like kind of a beautiful moment, I thought. That's incredible. Does someone want to tell Wendy about what it's like to arrive at Minogen in the winter and versus maybe in the fall? Yeah. Okay, so getting there in the fall, we get on a speedboat to take us across to like, okay, so when you first come there, it's kind of like an island in a long lake that you got to get across to get to the actual base camp Mm -hmm. so in the fall we just get on a speedboat and get over there in the winter the lake is frozen so we have to walk across it with sleds behind us at first when you first get on it's kind of like i'm going to fall through but then once you get going it's like oh i'm walking on cement but it's kind of cool like walking on like on a frozen lake that you want speedboat across yeah that's incredible yeah you don't even though you know, obviously, like, I'm on this lake because it's frozen and it's safe to do that, it's still a little bit of a yeah, mind trip, isn't it? Yeah, you have like, oh, my God, I'm going to fall through. Yeah. I'm way too Do they really test how thick this ice is? Right. And did you ever think about how many fish are under my feet right now? No, I was thinking, like, there's sharks that's about to attack me right now. Y'all got me walking across this lake. And she says that as one of our most experienced Boundary Waters canoers, so never seen a shark. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Is it a long walk? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 30 minutes to get across. Okay. But it was it's not that bad. Once you like done it before, the way back is way easier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Do you think it it helped having gone on some of these trips before? So, so like even though there'd be some unknown stuff that you had something to compare it to? Yeah. 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 What would you say to a student who has never done anything like that before? Expect the unexpected. Um, Definitely open up your mind. Don't be trapped in a box because you can do a lot, but you never push yourself to do it. But now that you have no phone, there's no electronics. Now you're just forced to challenge yourself and make new connections with other people and like try to find a new hobby that you like and you possibly want to do for a long time. So I'll just say like, yeah. Open up, be ready to try some new things and push yourself because it's definitely a mental cycle you got to go through to get up there. Yeah, probably more so a mental one than a physical one, right? Definitely, yeah. Yeah. I love what you said about like the connections that you make with other people because for me as as the leader, I think one of the best things is when we would just be in the cabin at night and people, some people would be having like, maybe really meaningful talks in one of the rooms. And then some people would be playing games. And, you know, there was a, a chess game going on between two people that didn't speak the same language. Um, and it, I, I, it's just cool for me to, I think, see people bonding with people that I don't see them with at school. Mm-hmm. And even, like, the night in the sauna, with everyone's yeah. laughing. The, the laughter is my favorite. And a crazy thing is, when you go there, like, everybody didn't know everybody really, but then we left, like, as a family. So that's another part. Like, you come not knowing nobody, then you leave us one big happy family singing Miley Cyrus. Like, it happens every time. <laughs> I can say, like, one of my, one of the memories that'll stick with me the whole time was when Mario scared Miss K with the mask. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you should tell that story. <laughs> yes, please. And so none of us knew that Mario had brought a Halloween mask. So he was walking around. It was, it's, you're in the wild, it's pitch black. He was walking around with the mask on, and we were starting. We were all starting to go back to the cabin. So they, it's, a, like, it's a room right there by the cabin door. He was in there, so he, scared, he had scared like three or four of us before everyone came. <laughs> So he was like, he was like, okay, I'm gonna keep scaring people. Mm-hmm. So we sitting there. It was pitch black in the cabin with only one light on, which is the red, the little emergency one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> red glow is really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> so then Perfect Alvin, setting. Miss Alvin, Mr. Robert, and everyone were was in the cabin already. Only person we were waiting for was Miss K. So then <laughs> we're all sitting there trying to stay still and quiet. So then he came out. She opened the door. He came out. She screamed so loud. <laughs> <laughs> really petrified at so everybody weird. there. She was scared. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> well, and those, well, it was him and Enrique, right, had kind of snuck away and were howling in the night. And we were like, yeah. we don't know where it's coming yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, she was the one who screamed. She was like, what is that? And I was like, oh, no. Nah, <laughs> that's I scared. RJ <laughs> was, like, making noises, like, screaming and stuff, like, acting like, go through, like, the window. <laughs> I remember yeah. when, uh, me and Tasha were going to jump in the snow, and then we were trying to figure out who was screaming. Oh, yes, I do remember <laughs> that. We were in the, the dining hall, and then we were, like, we're playing, like, what are the odds? And because we don't have no phone, we're definitely going to play with each other. So <laughs> we used, like, what are the odds are you going to go jump in the snow? I lost the bet, so I had to jump in, like, a pile of snow. And while I was trying to get out, you just hear like an ogre or something like in the background <laughs> loud. I'm like, oh my God, we're about to die. <laughs> but not an ogre. Nah. Just Mario. Just Mario. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Anything else that really sort of sticks out to you is just something that you're really going to take with you? I want to ask Aline, um, what was it like 
to go on the Canada hike and see the frozen waterfall? Uh, for me, it was challenging because I obviously haven't been like walking as far as like that. Like, I don't know how many miles it was. I think eight. I think it was four each way. Yeah. And it was challenging. Also, I was carrying a sled because everybody like put the sled. Um, like I had a sled from like the beginning, and they put put their stuff in the sled. So I was carrying all their stuff. It was challenging, but fun. I like carrying a sled. I don't know why, <laughs> but it was fun. And it was a good walk to have like be talking with your like friends and stuff like on the way there, and like having conversations. So we like can walk there faster, get there faster. <laughs> but it was um it was cool seeing the lake like the frozen like fall and experiencing that experience with like every like student that went on that trip and stuff like that up there did uh any of you do the dog sledding yeah yeah what was that like when you first get on they're energetic and they're really like loud and barking you're like you're on a frozen lake (laughs) and you got dogs just if you if you don't think about it too hard it's really fun experience but if you're like kind of scared well, you were on it when the dogs went the wrong way, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we created different uh, sled tracks or something, and dogs are, like, taught to follow the tracks. Mm-hmm. So they, we definitely got confused. <laughs> <laughs> it was I was watching on the other side of the lake, and at one point your sled had turned around, but the other sled was going the same way, so you were heading right for each other. And oh, my I was gosh. Like, Who's going to move? Are they going to get tangled? <laughs> the dogs faded it out eventually. Yeah. No. No? <laughs> <laughs> we had to, she had to get off and uh, put her on the right track. Got it. <laughs> so what was it, the last day we were up there and started snowing? Yeah. I, no? Yes, 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 yes. Was yes, it? Was that night? It was that night. It was that yeah. night. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. the day everybody was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to go to diet. <laughs> well, that was funny too because the night we jumped in the lake was when there was no stars, so it was very dark. That was very surprising. How many? Like, I, we do an ice bath on the last day of camp, and you get to jump in the sauna. And mind you, it's like ten degrees outside, and it's just a hole cut, and you see the water. So we jump in. I was kind of scared to do it, but I did it nine times, and Mario did it 15 times, and we just kept jumping in. It's like, wow, like a lot of people didn't want to do it, but it's not as bad as you think it is. I was yeah. going to say, it took me a good minute before I jumped in, but I jumped in like five times. Yeah, it was fun. I went in twice. <laughs> I think that's fine. That was fine. <laughs> yeah. Elaine, did you go? No. no. <laughs> my bo- like My body was like hurting, like all activities I've never done before. But next time I go, I'll, I'll do it for sure, even if like my body's like hurting and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it makes might you be helpful for your sore muscles. It's like a, it's a major difference from fall, from when we do it in the fall versus the winter. Yeah. Because the fall, you could actually like jump in and just go swim around. Yeah. But in the winter, you got that small little square. Yeah, and you can't stay in there for a long time. And the first time you jump in, like, you've never done it before. The first time you jump in and you come up, you kind of, like, hyperventilate like, because you can't breathe. And you're like, oh, my God, like, I feel claustrophobic in the way. But then, like, it gets fun after a while. It's just like, man, I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> and then your skin feels so good afterwards and you feel, like, invigorated. I can't explain, like, quite why it makes you feel so good. Yeah, it makes you feel good. And then we still have to walk all the way back to the cabin. So it's like the whole time you're literally frozen, like your skin is frozen, but you're not cold at all. You're not cold. You're right. It's it's mysterious. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, ice baths are, uh, I don't know the science behind it, but they're, they are very helpful for your physical well-being and your mental health as well. Once you do it, it's like after you get in it, nothing is really cold to you after yeah. that. Like when I'm in the shower and the water turns cold, it's like it's nothing now. Because yeah. yeah. yeah, I've experienced worse. <laughs> yeah, <That's> true. true. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing at how adaptable we can be. Right. And that we can even things that seem like we'll never get used to it is something that we can find some, you know, familiarity with. Um, any particular th- lasting thoughts that you want to say in terms of something that you'll take with you in terms of um, why this might be an important trip for you to be able to go on for you? It's important to get out the city and mm-hmm. try new things, especially with different people. Like I was telling Miss Alvin, like before we even went on the trip, it was like, because there's like a little thing we gotta fill out before we go, and then it's like the students are chosen in between that, based off of those. So like I had told Miss Alvin, it was like me going on that trip was basically like a huge break from the city and from yeah. electronics. Mm-hmm. So it's like you get that mental, you get like the mental freedom yep. from being on your phone twenty four seven. Totally. Like, oh, did this person text me or mm-hmm. did somebody call me? Did I miss a message? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another thing with that, it's like you, there's no mirrors, there's no showers, there's no technology. So it's really like you're a beast. Like, you can't take showers. And it's kind of <laughs> like you kind of get a break from having, like, the, the, the look you're supposed to have, like you're getting mm-hmm. used to every day to putting on makeup and all this when you can just get up and go and like feel free, you're natural. And another thing is like on the way up there, it takes us a long time to get there. So it's kind of like you're thinking, you're thinking like, oh my God, I'm about to do this for real. Yeah. And then you get there and it's like, it's actually fun. It's like, I'm not even worried about my phone or what percent is on, who called me, how many emails I'm missing. It's kind of just like I'm having fun with people I don't even know for real. It's about a five-hour drive, so it's it's no joke. We drive up to Duluth and then along the North Shore. And so both in fall and in winter, we were able to stop along the North Shore and look at Lake Superior. Awesome. And these two can also tell you that it looks really different. Sure does. Yeah. It's a major difference. It's like the ocean in the fall and the summer, but on the winter, it just looks like a long walk that just doesn't go nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> and it was moody. There, The day we stopped, there were big waves. waves yeah, yeah, I got videos. It was so pretty. Yeah, yeah that's rad. Yeah, that I bet that is a five-hour-long journey of anticipation. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> For sure. What would you say to a student who is really unsure and just not you know, really kind of intimidated or scared on going on a long trip like that? Because you go, how many days do you go go for? Uh, Four days, three nights. Three nights, yeah. I'll say do it. Don't think about it too much because if you think about it too much, you're going to get in your head. If you just (laughs) do it Mm -hmm. and not think about it, I promise you it's like the best experience of your life. If you just do it, don't think too much and just Mm -hmm. try different things. Like go on a 10-hour hike if you want to. You just, it's just a better mental thing to do. Yeah. I think we forget to outside of the context of like not having access to a phone that like we can limit our access to our own phones. 
<laughs> you just tempting. looked at me like, what? Yeah, it's kind of tempting. It know, is, right? I mean, just think about the ways in which you're able to access and listen to yourself and access and listen to other people and connect with other people. I mean, even when you're up there, it's like you can have your phone on you, but you're not going to have no service at all. Exactly. There's really no reason to have it because you can't see or hear or text or yeah. you're just on your phone or the pictures that you have saved, really. Yeah, yeah. they just become cameras for us. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Part. You know, yep. and for me, it's really fun to hang out with you all and not be in school and not be in class. Yeah, you, get, yeah, you get like a friendship and family outside of school. Yeah. Totally. It's just a really different... Um, energy and a really different vibe and then we come back at school and I feel like I know you all better and you're closer to each other and you know that's another thing that's like you meet people like what yeah I think me and Tasia didn't get that close until after we came back from the fall trip yeah yeah, definitely that but you go through some things together and you're you're really bonded yeah (laughs) (laughs) I love that Um, Brett why is it important for you to be able to have these experiences with young people because it's something that you continue to bring to our community again and again um and I mean obviously we know like why things like that matter but why does that matter specifically to you well as as these guys know um my my experiences leading Boundary Waters trips and backpacking trips and working in the outdoor education industry is how I decided to be a teacher. And so I I even see a lot of similarities, I think, between like learning through experiences in the outdoors and learning through art experiences. Mm -hmm. I I think that where I see the most growth and where I see the most like person, like someone's own self come through is learning through experiences. And so I really see those, I, I see those two parts of my role here as more connected than you might think. So, and it's really special to me on a personal level to take my students that I know from a classroom and take them into places that matter a lot to me and and see them grow that way. It's just very special. And so, you know, every time I plan a trip right before it happens, I'm like, oh gosh, there's so much planning and so many details and I'm stressed. And then I've never come back and not been like, oh, that was a hundred times worth it. I'm going to do it again in a couple of months. Yeah, it's totally. just worth it every time. And so right now we're talking about the summer trip, which is coming up and has a has a spring component. Um, and, and this is actually the long one, a, a six nighter. So awesome. Yeah, definitely doing that. Yeah. yeah. You're cool. Anybody else? Oh my God, this is about to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this, is like, this is like the third trip we've been on together. Yes. yes. Oh my God. There's a few people now who have done an, a whole calendar year. Um, yeah, maybe you guys are next. Yeah, I hope so. We'll have you come back after the next one and then you can, can talk about. <laughs> um, well, thank you all for, for being here and for sharing your stories. I really appreciate it. For all of you listening, I just, I appreciate you tuning in and for your willingness to listen for understanding. That's what it's all about. So stay curious, ask more questions. And until next time, this is your host, Wendy Lawrence Wallard.